Welcome to the Ageless and Fabulous in Ottawa podcast, where we share skin tips, tricks, and educate our listeners on how to age gracefully. I'm your host, Emily, better known as the Meta Fairy. I'm an esthetician, skincare educator, and local business owner. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Emily here as usual. Today, we have a very interesting episode. We're actually going deep on glycolic acid. So as you guys already know, glycolic acid is one of the most popular acids that you can find. It's actually renowned to uh, stimulate collagen and elastin cells. It helps with pigmentation, surface dryness, and it just it's a really nice acid to use when you exfoliate your skin. Now, there's different types of glycolic acids. There's different formulations that you can find. And obviously, you wouldn't necessarily know this if you're only a consumer. Like if you're not in the skincare industry, it's it's a little difficult to kind of know these things, which is why I'm happy you guys are listening to this. If you're interested in knowing all the details about how a high-quality glycolic ingredient, glycolic acid ingredient, is done, you definitely want to stick around. So I had the pleasure of having Susan May, who is the CEO of La Spa Naturals, back for a second interview. And we were also joined by Vic. So Vic is actually one of the scientists that is responsible for developing that very particular glycolic acid. We have plenty of information to share with you in this podcast about this particular product, which is, by the way, 100% Canadian formulated. So the formulation of a product can be done, you know, anywhere in the world, and they have decided to keep it into Canada. So it's it's amazing for us to find a high quality product made in Canada. So this is a bonus for sure. I'm just going to read you Vic's bio uh, just quickly so you guys can understand his background uh, in the industry. And then we'll go ahead and play the interview. So Vic has the Master of Applied Science in Chemical Engineering and a PhD in Metabolic Engin- Engineering from the University of Toronto. He is the CEO and co-founder of Ficus Biotechnology. Inc., a company that he spun out of the University of Toronto after completing his PhD studies in 2017. Ficus is a sustainable manufacturer of ingredients for the cosmetics and personal care industry. Its first sustainable ingredient is 100% bio-based glycolic acid for skincare products. So this is quite the bio. We have so much information to share with you. I truly hope that you guys learned a lot from this podcast about glycolic acid because I sure did learn a lot about this type of ingredient. So without further ado, let's play that interview. All right, Susan and Vic, thank you so much for joining me on the Ageless and Fabulous in Ottawa podcast. Very happy to have you guys here today. So today we're talking about your very famous glycolic acid. Um, But before we get into the nitty gritty of your particular acid, I would like to circle back to our previous interview. Um, Susan, you had mentioned that it was actually like an accident for you guys to get into the glycolic. So I would love for you guys to kind of ease our listeners into this and just to tell the backstory about how that happened, because it has become your star ingredient. Right. Well, I'll start. Um, uh, thank you for having me again. Um, so I'm always amazed when people invite me back twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do some work at the University of Toronto, which is my alma mater, and I work 
as a mentor for um, a group of in the engineering department where they have a what they call the hatchery, which is for entrepreneurs that want to start new businesses. And they have fabulous, very creative ideas, as you might imagine. And through this process, um, uh, I wasn't a mentor to Vic and his team because he sort of came before me, so to speak. But um, I became aware that Vic and some other scientists were working on this project to um, extract glycolic acid from a natural bio-based source. And of course, La Spa is all about uh, using uh, only naturally derived and certified organic ingredients. And so when I heard that, and I heard that, you know, just sort of the background of where glycolic acid usually comes from, I thought it was a perfect fit for our philosophy and our product line. And of course, you know, after every glycolic peel, you should always use your sunscreen. So we make the sunscreen and figured, well, this was a perfect way to sort of complete our family of products and our skincare routine and um, reached out to Vic and um, his very talented group in terms of what they were doing. And yeah, here we are. And uh, we wound up investing uh, in this company and uh, they're uh, just doing marvelous things, both on the environmental side, but also obviously in terms of such a wonderful quality product for skincare. And Vic, did you, when you, when you met Susan, was this something that you ever imagined that you would get into or it just kind of happened? No, not really. I mean, a lot of these things happen, you know, when you uh, start a business like we did, you know, this came out of my PhD at the University of Toronto. Um, and so you just start, start exploring different places where, you know, the chemicals that you're trying to make might be useful. And we hadn't even thought of, um, uh, skincare until uh, we met Susan and, and sort of started exploring the possibilities with that um, and then eventually ended up providing samples our first samples went to Susan back in I think I want to say what was it 2018 I think yeah it's been it's been a, a long process for trying to extract <laughs> glycolic acid 2019 yeah somewhere around there well, that was my next question. Um, I know for uh, for those of us who aren't into like the ingredient world and the you know the formulation, because I know it can get very particular. Um, how long can it actually take to develop glycolic acid, and how is it made? Like, what's the process? What's your process if you want to talk about it? Like, what's how does yeah, it work? Yeah, I, I can talk about both. So, like, you know, glycolic acid has been on the market for a very long time. It's a very old molecule and the conventional manufacturing process has been established for decades and decades, right? So conventionally it's, it's made from, there are two ways of typically to make it. One is something called the uh, formaldehyde. And so you start with, you know, I'm, I'm sure your listeners have heard of that. And, and uh, um, so you use formaldehyde as a starting material and that gets converted into glycolic acid. Okay. Um, um, that's the major way of doing that. Um, what, what happens is that then when you end up trying to purify the end product, what you can happen is that formaldehyde is often left as a trace contaminant in the end product. And so then that carries, if you, if you end up formulating with that, you know, that, that ends up in the end product as well, right? And, you know, there are some people even in the States, there's recent studies that have read that even parts per million concentrations of 
formaldehyde in, in, in skincare products and have uh, allergic reactions on people. So, and then the second way of, of producing uh, glycolic acid is something called uh, monochloroacetic acid. And, and that's got the same kinds of problems as formaldehyde does, that it tends to leave these contaminants, something called dichloroacetic acid, okay. uh, which is in the end product, right? So, so in my PC, we were looking at just how do you have sustainable ma manufacturing processes using fermentation, right? Um, and we were looking at, or I was looking at at that time, um, a variety of different chemicals and, and, and how do you engineer microbes um, to uh, produce different chemicals using a fermentation. Okay. Um, and anyways, one of those molecules in the thing, glycolic acid, um, and that happened to be the one that we had sort of furthest, uh, I guess, develop a technology around. And so that's why I eventually decided to try to spin out of the company, uh, like uh, as a, you know, having Ficus make, make that. Okay. So, um, but it takes a while, you know, developing a new manufacturing process is a complicated uh, journey. So I can did. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took a year, you know, it took... I think my, you know, my, I did a five-year PhD and it took, you know, four, we were now, I think you're three, you're four now into the company. And so, because it's not just about maybe the microbe that that's, we've engineered, but it's also the fermentation process and how to do this in, in large scale, you know, in tanks and big bioreactors. Um, it's similar to making, you know, beer or wine. Yeah. Except our microbes aren't making ethanol, you know, for consumption. They're making just glycolic acid instead. But then you can imagine, you know, once you 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 produce this in 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 a, in a fermenter, you have to then ex extract that and you have to purify that and you have to be able to get it to a quality where uh, it's reliable and you can you can you can you can formulate with that. So that's a big learning uh, experience, you know. Yeah. And, and something that you can actually put on your skin, right? Cause I'm sure exactly. it's very strong. Like when you start, like it, you can't just use that no, directly. No, no. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's it's, it's crazy how like, you know, when you read a label behind a product, you can't know all of this. You have no idea <laughs> the amount of time and work that has gone into one ingredient. It's, it's mind blowing. It really is. Yeah. 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 So how long? Oh, go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. Well, just on your label comment, that's very, very interesting because a lot of people read labels and they see the ingredient listing and they say to you, wow, I don't see formaldehyde on the label or I wouldn't have bought it. Right. And I think in the cosmetic business, as you know, it's largely unregulated. And so, you know, just because there's an ingredient in there, it doesn't speak to what went into the making of that ingredient and might be included in that ingredient, um, which is not needed to be disclosed, right? So this is where it's kind of buyer beware in the sense that do your homework and, you know, for example, your podcasts here are very educational. Yeah. So people understand what goes into a lot of the skincare products that they're using. They're using, yeah, exactly. Um, so from beginning to end, how long did it take until you had, you know, the product itself? Like five years, four years? Oh, yeah, about that. About you that. Ingredient? The ingredient, the ingredient or the product? Okay, well, let's start with the ingredient first. Yeah, you go first, Vic. I think that took about 
yeah, if you start with the PhD, where the PhD was, you know, second, second third year, about four to five, four to five years. And then and once we you, sampled, yeah, that's right. And uh, then once you years. have that, like, you know, it's all perfect and everything, then you have to make a product and, you know, put other ingredients. That, well, you know, because I know it's not the only thing there's, is there, there's hyaluronic acid too, right? In the, in there. And, oh God, I don't remember the, the label completely, but I know there's a few other things. Exactly. Resveratrol, we use for antioxidants, hyaluronic acid yes. for hydration, uh, white willow bark for skin yes. lightening. Yes. Because a lot of people use this for pigmentation issues. Um, so, you know, witch hazel, which is also a calming agent for the skin. Because yep. one of the, the great things about using VIX ingredient is, you know, we're getting it in the pure form. We generally get it in a 70% concentrate. Wow. Basically, we take that into our manufacturing process and obviously we dilute it to the proper level so that in a professional peel product, there's no more than 30% glycolic acid. <clears throat> and then in a consumer product, there's no more than 10%, both of which are the regulatory limits uh, in Canada. Yes. So on our side, um, well, our, our big problem is is getting this very valuable ingredient, but um, from the time we have it, depending on where we are in our cycle with getting the other ingredients, it can take a week or it can take a month to make wow. another batch of product. So, you know, we hope to sort of regularize this um, obviously more as Vic is sort of scaling up production of this ingredient. Wow. It's wow. It, it, it's always mind blowing when you know all these details, it's like, wow, this product took like <laughs> seven years to, you know, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's very, but that's what you pay for though. Like when you have a high quality product, this is where your money goes, you know, like all the research and all the developments, like it's, and you know, the skin's going to take it too. So, um, so, so what would be the one thing that would make a high quality glycolic acid um, compared to like other types of formulation? Like what would be the one thing or two? Like it, you, it doesn't have to yeah. be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it, I would say just one thing. I'd say, you know, it's probably a host of, of things right. that, that contribute to differentiating how we make glycolic acid, how else we might find it on, on the market today, right? Okay. No, one is, I think I mentioned earlier, the formaldehyde tree is, is, is something that we, we like to talk a lot about because yes. I think it's important, especially in the skincare. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the second tends to be, you know, other kinds of impurities you might find in the process. Um, things like maybe small amounts of iron or, or, or um, color, right. you know, th those things can, can, can be present okay. depending on, on how that glycolic acid is sourced. Okay. Um, a third one that I really like to talk about is the sustainability aspect of glycolic acid. So, right. you know, everything we start, uh, everything that goes into a manufacturing process starts as a sustainable input, right? So essentially that sugar, right from, if you look at right at the beginning and sugar is derived from carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, right? So when you look at, at, at the life cycle of our process, you know, we estimate that there's about a 35% reduction in the carbon footprint. Uh, on the glycolic acid, wow. uh, right? Compared to how it's made from uh, from the conventional process, right? Because the conventionally it's made from oil, right? 
and, and really? that comes from the ground. Yeah, I mean, from, you know, formaldehyde is, is a petrochemical feedstock, right? Okay. Um, derived from petroleum. So, so that, that's all coming from essentially from the ground in one way or another. And so that has a carbon footprint associated with it, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm learning so much. <laughs> it's not something they teach you in school, you know, like you have to talk to people like you to know this. <laughs> oh, wow. And if I'm, if I remember correctly, your glycolic acid is only from one source, right? Like when I read your papers, like it's, it's, it's like one particular yeah. source. Okay. Yeah. Which makes it. Yeah. Like a fermentation process. Yes. Mean, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But in particular is yeah. the source, like That's the, right. The bio-based source. The bio-based. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's and, right. And just to, to define bio-based for the people that don't understand bio-based, um, could you just explain that word just so people can understand? Yeah. It? When we typically talk about bio-based, uh, we mean like, um, you know, you, you, using essentially different kinds of, um, I want to say crops maybe is a way to think about it. So it's carbon dioxide in the atmosphere get uh, sequestered or, or through photosynthesis, uh, gets absorbed into uh, sugarcane, as used to grow sugarcane, or maybe corn, for example. Okay. And then that gets liberated to make sugar molecules, right? Which we then, you can feed into microbes that then convert that into wow. the chemical that you're, you've, uh, you've, uh, you want to produce. Okay, wow. Um, so, you're, you guys got your glycolic, like your, you know, it's, it's your star ingredient on top of your sunscreen, right? Would there be like, as your line grows and you want to get into more products, if ever, would you get into another type of acid or another type of exfoliation for other skin types or glycolic is like your, you know, it's the one you want to stick with? Well, I'm sticking with Vic, of course, <laughs> for as long as possible, but um, I think first, I might've mentioned this in part one that we'll probably look at making other types of products from glycolic acid as a next step in terms of maybe some type of a daily use um, acid toner. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I firmly believe that if you have to do one thing to improve your skin, um, just one thing, it's to exfoliate Mm -hmm. properly. I think that a lot of people that don't have skincare routines or they're very haphazard about what they're buying at the drugstore or here or at the spa, they just pick up and use whatever. I think if those people were to do one thing, um, you know, once every month that would significantly improve the quality of their skin, the look and the feel the health of their skin, it would be to exfoliate their skin. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that probably the next step would be to create something that could be used every day, um, obviously in a lower strength formulation, yes. um, you know, so that it's not kind of, okay, wait a month and do it. It'll be something that's in your regular routine. Um, I don't know, maybe Vic's got other tricks up his sleeve in terms of other um, ingredients or acids, you know, that he might extract from that, that sugar cane. Um, I don't know, Vic, is there any other, any other thing coming? Or I, I, think later? I mean, we, we are, you know, we're always looking for new products, but I think right now we're just focused on, um, scaling and growing, you know, you know, 
this one molecule that we yes. have right now. Yeah. And you can, you know, glycolic acid, you can find it in so many types of products. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be like, like just one, it can be a mask. It can be a toner. It can be a cleanser. Like you, you, you've got plenty of options that you can <laughs> choose from, like literally. So it's a, it's a good start for you guys, for sure. Um, as a man though, in like, as you got into yeah. the industry, <laughs> are you now having a routine or are you kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> I, well, let me, I'll put it this way. You know, when I, when we got into this, uh, like I said, it's a bit of an accident, and mm. I had no idea about the differences between serums and toners and peels. And well, and, now and you know. These, now I know. I'm an, I, you know, I'm not an expert, but I, I know a lot. You know, I certainly learned a lot. So, yeah. and I mean, and, with uh, your background, like I'm sure you can, when you read a label or whatever, you can be like, okay, like how was this done? And you know, you've got the background to kind of understand. Ingredients. Yeah, I mean, I can now look at the ingredients. I can understand, okay, what these, what they're doing, and what their purpose is, and and, and exactly. how they really work together. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's very interesting. And and you never think about. I never thought about the science that goes behind the uh, uh, first making it, but on and also formulating it. Right? There's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Even long- on Susan's end, like balancing the different ingredients and, and how they work together. They get the different effects that you want on your skin. It's it, it's quite amazing, actually. It is, yeah. And um, as long as you're not washing your face with the bar of soap, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't do that. I know a lot of men. Sometimes it's like simple. They just want you know. But now you know all the details. So I, hopefully you're not doing that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Good. Well, I think a lot of people have concerns about when we when we sell this product or talk about this product that it's so strong. Yeah. That. Yeah. You know, I'll have women saying, oh, you know, I have to take a couple of weeks off before I do that peel. And I'll be like, well, it's really, I think this peel word is frightening, frightening, right? And also when we talk about the fact that we formulated a product that is right on the regulatory limit of what can be sold as a cosmetic product, Mm -hmm. you know, people assume it's going to be very aggressive and their skin will literally peel. And so obviously the science is to combine that maximum strength ingredient. And of course they set those regulatory limits because they know it's not going to do that, right? No. But, but we add these other ingredients to counteract skin redness and irritation that might occur because you are using a 30% in the spa, for example. So, you know, we do that because we want people to have an effective peel, but we want it to be uh, non-irritating so that they obviously can continue to their daily. Yes, exactly. It's funny. Every time I mention to a client, so today we're going to do a chemical peel and for the newbies or they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like your skin's going to glow. It's going to be amazing. And then they know, but yeah, you're right. The word peel, they associated right away with skin peeling, like a medical you know, a medical chemical peel, which is not, that's not what we're doing, but yeah, yeah. you're right about that. People are scared. <laughs> and I, I think too, like a lot of people, especially people in the industry that are more knowledgeable, they really believe that the glycolic acid that's in the products they're using today all comes from sugar cane or comes from corn or some, you know, uh, crop base as Vic says, but as Vic explained, which obviously was news to me a couple of years ago, 
the fact is that while glycolic acid is a naturally occurring acid in these plants, that is not how typical glycolic acid is made. They're not actually taking that plant and putting it in a distillery type process. They're just using, they're mimicking, you know, they're using a lab formulation with petrochemicals as a base and then sort of saying, well, but it is a naturally occurring substance. It is, but not that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So it's, 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 it is kind of know your, know your source, right? Know your yeah. manufacturer, yeah. know your ingredients. And yeah, not everyone is going to be necessarily interested to know that like a client, I mean, like for like some of them, just like you said, some will just pick up something at the pharmacy and they, they don't yeah. care, but then they come back and they have issues. <laughs> so it's yeah. our job to kind of fix it and say, well, listen, you got to know the background so that we can fix you up, you know, but no, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's science. It's very, very interesting. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to add to the subject that we haven't talked about? Well, I think one of the most amazing things about this, obviously the technology, but the fact that this is Canadian grown uh, <laughs> glycolic acid. Um, you know, we have so little manufacturing left in this country and uh, it's incredible to see that we've got the power, the intellectual horsepower, the talent and, you know, the funding necessary to get this going in Canada on a larger scale. So uh, I think it's just a wonderful um, outcome of a great project. Yes, and a lot of people like to um, also encourage local businesses and local products. And I, it's true, like in the skincare industry, there's not a lot, like there's not a lot of products that are from like, I mean, good quality products that are from Ontario, from Canada, like it's hard to find. So yeah, that's a really important thing to mention for sure. Vic, did you know. want to add anything? Um. No, I think other than that, the fact that it's uh, where we're very proud to be Canadian and, and yeah. we made a conscious decision, you know, when we grew the business to take, to not go to the States, there's a lot of more money in the States, yeah. uh, but we wanted to, to, to grow and set up manufacturing here in Canada. So we're very proud of that. We talked about everything, I think. We talked a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot of information. So where can uh, the people reach out to you online? What's the best way to reach you? Through the website or through social media? Well, probably on Lespa uh, at Lespa Naturals mm -hmm. on Instagram is probably the best way to reach us and our website, which is lespanaturals.com. Uh, we all we have a form on our website, ficusbio.com, and if you have any questions, you know, uh, they can reach our out. general mailbox, and we'll be happy be happy to answer it. Perfect. I will put all the links uh, in the description of the podcast so people can check you guys out. Um, so everyone that's listening, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys learned a ton of information. Um, and until next time, we will chat very, very soon and stay safe. Bye.